Hey guys, Alex here, host of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Today's guest is a good friend of mine that I've actually been meaning to sit down and pick his brain for quite a long time. He has an immense amount of knowledge on uh, on all things fitness-related as far as supplements. Uh, he is a formulator. He is well-known throughout the fitness and bodybuilding industry, and I believe he him to be an expert in uh, things such as nootropics, something that I'm very interested in. Um, this is the Gorilla Chemist, so please take the time to follow him on Instagram and his YouTube channel. He has a ton of information that he throws out there just for free, and you guys should definitely tune in if you take any sorts of supplements or proteins or pre-workouts, whether it's for jujitsu or just fitness altogether. It's something that you should be knowledgeable about as to what you are putting into your body and what it actually does to your body. So without further ado, here is the man himself, the gorilla chemist, Brian Moscow. The gorilla chemist, Brian Moscow. Brian, thank you very much for showing up, man. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, in case... No one knows who you are, which is most most people. Which is kind of the way that I prefer to go. Uh, you are the CSO or the Chief Science Officer Officer for Blackstone Labs. Um, kind of give us an idea of what that actually means for people. So most of my stuff is I I do all the formulations for all our products. I do most of the R and D as far as reading papers and trying to find new supplements and I contact all the manufacturers to see if there's something I like, if we can get it, can we get it, uh, sourcing um, expenses, stuff like that. And then I do a lot of the product information videos. So you'll see on our website that I try to break down all of our products. We have a series called Behind the Muscle where I kind of go in, in depth in the science and uh, PJ does more of the layman stuff. So my role is really to get down to the people who are actually interested in how things are working inside the body, not just like how to take it and why to take it. See, that's the cool part too, is that, that, you know, I, I met you at one of the camps, the uh, training camps that they've done here. And the thing that really has always blown my mind is the, the development of a supplement. Some companies really just kind of throw stuff together but you actually take the time to go into the science at a different level than most people even show, let alone actually do, but you actually go out there and take your time to show people this is this element or compound, this is what it does, and mix with this and this, these are typically the results you can expect. So my question to you is, how do you actually go about the process? How do you start with you know, we're even just finding and putting something together to all the way to the point where you have a finished supplement. So the, the cool part about my job is my background is in chemistry and biochemistry. So I can read papers and understand what they're talking about. I can decipher the results, which I don't know a lot of people in this industry if they even do read journal papers or anything like that. So the first thing I'll do is come up with an idea for a product in a genre. So say with glycolog, we wanted to do an insulin mimetic that was very strong because those are 
I feel like those are up and coming products versus everyone has a pre-workout, everyone has a protein, that sort of thing. I wanted to do things that were a little bit different. So I would come up with a list in my head of maybe 10 or 12 ingredients that I know have uh, potential to, to some way mimic insulin or the pathway or the cascade that insulin does in the body. And then I go to the research and so I'll start pulling papers and reading them and see how the, what the doses are, how it worked, is this in humans, is it in animals, if it's in animals I usually don't do it. Everything that I put out I try to get in the human study. So for Glycolog it has six ingredients, I think I pulled 22 or 23 papers to really see how we can combine these ingredients to get the most synergistic effect out of the product without you know going overboard because if you don't know certain things that interact with others and your blood sugar crashes and then, then you know you're kind of screwed and so some companies put think more is better which is a very common practice in this industry mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's not the case a lot of times it's especially when you're dealing with multiple ingredients in one product you really have to know what the limits are of how much you can use of each ingredient because you know they're going to have this compounding effect and so after i do the research then i'll kind of narrow my list down and say okay let's use these and then i'll see what's the strongest extract i can get of this plant for whatever the active ingredient is i'll try and source it from one of our manufacturers and then uh, the very last thing is, is price obviously every product has to have some price limit fortunately with Blackstone they have given me a, a lot of wiggle room so when we like for example with Glycolog when it first came out it was a more expensive product than what we wanted to but um, they saw a lot of potential in it and so they trusted me and, and allowed me to use a, a stronger ingredients and ingredients that other companies weren't using at the time so that way we can make a solid product and so after everything is sourced and, and I get raw samples, I start in my lab, I'll start putting together capsules. Of, of, I have a digital scale that weighs to the um, 0 0.001 milligram. So it's, it's very precise. And so I'll start making samples. And then if you've seen on Instagram, there's pictures of me with a note to PJ and a little cup of some pills <laughs> saying, try this and let me know what you think. Here's when to take it. Here's how to take it. And so, uh, I do a lot of that in the lab. We do a lot of in-house testing. And then, for example, even with Glycolog, we, we did in-house blood glucose testing, which I don't think any company yeah. is really doing stuff like that. I wanted to make sure that this product is doing what it, what I think it's supposed to do. It's Because it, it's different. Like a pre-workout, you either feel it or you don't, depending yeah. if we're talking about stimulants and stuff like that. So this was something that I wanted to make sure that it worked, what, it, what we wanted it to do. So we actually took uh, 10 people that work in the office, took their blood glucose levels before, took it after um, when I gave them 50 grams of Gatorade, pure, pure glucose, and, um, and the results will be posted very shortly. We are um, applying for a patent for that, so that legal has them. But there, what I can say is that the product worked and that the blood glucose levels were definitely significantly lower, statistically significantly lower than the placebo. That's, so. that's crazy though, that the fact that you guys, like, I mean, that you can sit there and leave stuff like, here, PJ, take this. So there's definitely a huge trust factor going on in there. P PJ, uh, it trusts me completely, and I earned his trust 
um, by having conversations with him and but even before we started he met me or I met him and Aaron at the time and we talked and and they kind of saw that I, I, I did know what I was talking about with regards to science and chemistry and so we have built a very trusting relationship where I'll give him capsules and he trusts me that <laughs> to take it and I know um, PJ is very sensitive to stuff uh, so I usually back off a little bit on the dose that I give him right. versus I give maybe some of the other people in the office and if if he reacts to it well then I know that's a good sign that's pretty cool though so then I mean one of the funniest things is following you on Instagram it's <laughs> just if nobody knew it's like who the hell is this guy? What the hell is going on? But I mean, you you guys are so willing to put your information out there and put the stuff out there so you can see the science behind it. It's not just empty claims. So, I mean, what goes on at least when you're really kind of like measuring things out, you have your giant board with all your notes and then like other ones to the side. So how do you really break it down on what is the dosage for stuff? So I have a huge whiteboard in my office that's double-sided and I, I list out everything that I'm doing on there and the dose range of, of what was effective in the literature. And then I'll see if anything has any counter interactions that I know of and what things you can't take with it. And then I will start uh, basically alpha or testing little doses. So I always err on the safe side my big thing is always, um, you can always add more later, mm. but you can't go from a lot to a little. Yeah. And so if I have to increase things, I will. Usually, it's very rare that I'll have to decrease things because I do go incrementally up. But yeah, everything's laid out on the board. I start measuring out the, from the different samples how much I want to take for each one. And I systematically will start putting them together. And sometimes I don't even use all of the ingredients at once. I want to make sure that these two work well together because in the literature uh, and real life compete two different things yeah. sometimes unfortunately so I always err on the safe side so when I put something together maybe I'll put two together or three compounds together and see how that works maybe I don't need all six you know to get the desired effect and so I very, I'm pretty systematic in the way that I do things just from my formal background and being in the lab and um, at Georgia Tech and the training that I've had so I don't ever want to put anyone in jeopardy of something that I'm doing because my name is on all of those products yeah. my logo and stuff so I would I really want to stand behind what I'm doing and the last thing I want to do is um, add something too much or, or too little so that people don't like what I'm, what I'm doing that's so nuts though like just the fact that that you're you're so willing to to take the stuff yourself and i think we both know i mean i'm newer into really understanding the world of of nutrition and supplements and things like that even with like the training of the stuff that i've done so it's crazy to me just to see it's like there's probably not that many companies or even like people that are willing to say like yeah i'll take this before i even give it to anybody else well, you and I have a trust because I remember I told you at the uh, at the Arnold. Yeah, you kind of set like, me up. <laughs> I said I'm working on a new stimulant because um, you said you it, uh, the Arnold is obviously very long days. Yeah. And you were getting tired and, and you didn't want to keep taking energy drinks and stuff. And so you trusted me enough to give you something, and and I I think that it works pretty well. Yeah, I mean honestly, so for for those that that weren't there. 
basically what happened is I was working at the Arnold Classic. Was it like four weeks ago, five weeks ago, a few weeks ago? First week of March. Yeah. In March. So I'm walking around. This was like the second day, running on fumes, just because we've been like we were working on so much, and I was probably running on like four hours of sleep tops. And then I had the conversation with you. As I'm running around between booths, you come up with a tiny little like water bottle. Say, here, drink this. And I don't know if you just caught me at the right time of I was running back and forth or what, because I've had friends do the same thing and it doesn't work out to, with the same results for to try something. And it was actually a huge jump of energy for me. But I was it's never like it wasn't like taking a pre-workout like I don't take pre-workouts anymore. Um, the last time I did, it was just, you know, it just didn't work out for me because of my training. Um, I need something totally different, but this was, um, a jump of energy, a jump of focus. It took, I definitely felt the ramp up. That was the weirdest thing. Usually when I take like a pre-workout, it's kind of like a sudden burst. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm here now. And now man, this is where I got to stay for the next like three or four hours. But this kind of ramped up and then it kind of evened out at a good consistent pace and then tapered back off again at a good rate so it was crazy because it got me through the entire day i was fine i didn't crash usually after like a pre-workout there's like a such a drain yeah. of a crash so it was kind of crazy and then as soon as we're done and i was texting him like i really trusted this guy out of nowhere it's like because my if my own friends that i've known for years hand me a bottle drink this like my first question is what's in it so you just drink it what's in it so I know what to be prepared for, but but I rode that that ride. That was actually pretty cool. Like, thanks for that one. It was actually pretty cool. So was that one of the new, new things you're working on? Yeah, when um, we had to reformulate one of our pre-workouts, one of the ingredients was just recently taken off the market, and so we're trying to come up with similar replacement ingredients, and that was something that I stumbled across actually probably six or eight months ago, and it was sitting on my desk, and... Um, I had tried it when I first got it, I remember it was really good, but we decided to go in a different direction. And then when we needed to replace it, I was like, oh yes, I have this new stimulant that I think is really good. And to my knowledge, it's only in one other product. I, I haven't seen it in anything else. And so we started beta testing it at the office. So I got, um, I don't know, like 50 grams of it. And this is, we're talking about something you take at the milligram level, like 100 milligrams or so. Mm -hmm. And we got a sample and I started giving it to people at the office to see and, and everyone really liked it. And they said what you said, you kind of feel, so <laughs> some of the guys in Blackstone are, are younger and they, they call it the come up. <laughs> so they're like, we can feel the come up of this and then, it, and then it hits. So it wasn't a very direct, like when you take caffeine, you're, you go from zero to hundred. This was something that slowly will build up <clears throat> in your system and then all of a sudden you feel it and you feel great. and and you're awake and focused, and then it, there isn't much of a crash from it, at least from the people that have taken it. Some people, everyone reacts differently to everything. And so it was it was kind of a novel stimulant that I found, and I really like the, the focus aspect of it, because to me, I'm not about a lot of caffeine and heavy stims like that. I, right. I was when I was younger. Now that I'm older, I'd rather just do things um, nootropics yeah. and stuff like we'll talk yeah. about in a little bit so that that's kind of where that came from and then we're putting that in a product that will be released very shortly that's kind of exciting though too because I, I can say I got to test out the product yes. I was a I was a guinea pig we actually had we have the the man himself just walked in 
kind of crashing the party. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Coach Neil Hill. If I wouldn't know, always bringing in money. I'm not a stripper, Neil. I don't. I don't need money. Strip me, buddy. Yeah, right. You down? You need a lot more money than that. No. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, sure. I'm worth Come on, Neil. I'm a little more than that. Maybe 10 minutes. Okay. Or two minutes. Two. <laughs> two minutes was the best way. All right. Give me one second. We'll take a quick break and uh, catch up with uh, Coach Hill, and we'll be right back. Track. All right. We're back. Sorry for the quick break. Um, so, yeah. No, I mean, the fact that I got to test that out was actually pretty cool. Um, but the one thing I know that you and I have kind of uh, talked about in your – I consider you an expert on, and it's one of those things that have become more and more popular the past few years, and that's nootropics. So for, for people that don't really know, can you kind of give them an idea of what a nootropic supplement is? Sure. <clears throat> so these are focus uh, compounds. So these aren't a caffeine. They're not a central nervous stimulant. They are more uh, increased levels of acetylcholine, which is an exciter excitatory um, neurotransmitter so that gives your brain a higher function capacity versus like inhibitory which is like GABA that makes you go to sleep mm. so these are things that excite your brain and make your more oxygen go to your brain so you're thinking at a higher level and you're usually more focused without the jitters that you would associate from stimulants and so people call them smart drugs uh, they're not drugs but people call them that and People are always looking for like that limitless yeah. pill and things like that. So I got into these a few years ago when I wanted to cut out caffeine and I wanted to see if there's anything that can give me a focus that I can work all day without having to keep taking you know caffeine or coffee or whatever you drink. Um, so I started really researching them and getting down to the chemistry of it because that's what I love and that's what I do and seeing how you can combine different ones to get a synergistic effect, knowing if you know the mechanism of action of one, then you can look at a different compound and say, okay, I think it's gonna do this interaction here, so if I add this with this one, then I can block the breakdown of this, and, and it's just kind of like a cascade of events that happen once you start taking more than one thing, and I really enjoy them. Uh, PJ, I got PJ really into nootropics. We had a little formula going around the office called Brain Fuel yeah. that we have been messing around with. It was just the in-house name, but it was a combination of a couple of ingredients that were um, racetams is the name of the class of the molecule, and those are a, are are a synthetic compound, but they're they're sold online. They're they're legal at the time you can take them. And those, those work well with um, choline sources because, like I said, your brain runs on acetylcholine. And so <clears throat> things like alpha-GPC, uh, dimethylaminoethanol, um, dimethyl uh, CDP-choline, these are all sources of choline that your brain takes. And so what happens is the racetams work really well, and they but they deplete your choline levels because your brain is going at such a higher level. Right. And so you're depleting your levels of acetylcholine, and then you can get dehydrated, and then you can you know get headaches and crash. If you supplement on top of that with a choline source like alpha GPC or CDP choline or something like that, it kind of counteracts the depletion because now you're giving your body an exogenous source that goes along with the uh, the racetams that you're taking. And based on the research that's available, 
usually you want to do a four to one or a six to one ratio of your uh, racetone to choline. And so when I was doing like Hype Extreme, for example, we use Alpha GPC as our choline source. We use Hooperzine A, which is in tons of products, including um, was it Alpha Brain? Yeah. Dominant? And uh, that is a compound that inhibits the breakdown of acetylcholine. So once you give Alpha GPC, which is a choline source, and then you use Huperzine A, which blocks the breakdown of acetylcholine, you get a very synergistic effect and it lasts much longer oh, because you're not, uh, the enzymes that break things down in metabolism are, are kind of being slightly inhibited. Yeah. And so those are the kind of things that I look for when I'm doing research is, is there any way to extend the life, the half-life of this by, you know, using another compound to mitigate its metabolism? And so that's, that's kind of what I do when I read papers and I try and see what can we mix things with and how, how each thing works slightly differently. And so how can I combine these ingredients to make it like a super pill so that way you're extremely focused, but you're not hopped up on caffeine because like you said, you don't really like that feeling. Yeah. I personally don't like that feeling. And so this, to me, this was a natural progression uh, to to the next step. And that's why I've been throwing them in our pre-workouts uh, that, that I've formulated for Blackstone, like Dust Extreme and Hype Extreme. And people seem to like them so far. And in my opinion, they help mitigate the crash. So a lot of pre-workouts are really good for you know 45 minutes or so and then you just crash. Yeah. And so I, I truly think that the combination of the nootropics with your traditional caffeine or some of your uh, aliphatic amines like um, DMAA or 2-amino isoheptane, these things that are out now, um, if you come combining them with the nootropics, I truly think helps with the, the crash prevention and that you get more of a smooth taper versus if you just took caffeine, everyone knows you, that works for a little bit, and then at like two thirty, kind of fall asleep at your desk. Yeah. So I personally like them better, and uh, and if but if you're a caffeine person, I do recommend you can take them together, and they work very well. Yeah. See, like you brought it up, like the the way that I got introduced to it um, was through Alpha Brain and the on it, and I loved it. I told everyone and their mom about it. Mm. It's like it was just the the best thing that ever happened to me because I would take them and I would just run like I was burning the candle from both ends but it wasn't a caffeine it was I was focused I was clear I made everything that I, that I needed to do was so much easier and then at night what I liked even more was that it it boosted up the the lucid dreaming aspect of it mm -hmm. the only thing that threw me off was when I wake up in the morning it was one of those things that it's not one of I can wake up and like check the time. Oh, I got another hour. I'll go back to sleep. No, as soon as I open my eyes, that's it. I'm on. There was no way of coming back. And then they created a new formula for whatever reason. I don't know what happened. And I'm not knocking the company by any means, but nowhere near the same effect. Like I could probably take six of them and, and it still feels like nothing have ever even entered my system. Is that something that you notice like a lot of with other companies that all of a sudden they change and it's they just kind of lose their their initial real um, I don't know I guess the the popularity of it or the the effect of it for for me personally I've been not in the industry working but I've been you know a consumer of supplements for probably 
you know, I mean, almost 15 years, um, like when Anno Explode and stuff like that came out. So I've seen the different reiterations of products go over, and I think, I don't know what happened with Alpha Brain. I'm not familiar with the company yeah. or anything. Uh, I don't think they were using anything illegal that or or that's illegal now because usually that's not the case. It's more of um, probably a cost factor. I know a lot of companies, if they have new owners or something like that, they kind of formulate from cost or they have to hit a certain margin and then they have to they start cutting doses of things because ingredients you know add up and they're expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you have thirty servings, you know something could be you know only like. 40 cents a serving but then you have 30 servings and then you have a bottle it with everything else it starts to add up so I think that some companies are going that way but um, me personally and what I do is I'm always trying to you know move forward and so at least for me and what I do is I read journals um, like not journal natural products or medicinal chemistry and I try and see what's the new thing out there and in specifically whether it's nootropics whether it's muscle building fat loss whatever the case I'm very interested in seeing not what natural herbs are coming into light because I truly believe that there's herbs that can mimic any pharmaceutical I mean most pharmaceuticals have their origin from natural products you know morphine is completely natural from um, opium and then they take that uh, compound and then derivatized it synthetically as a chemist uh, a chemist did that and then made all these prescription drugs so I think that nature does provide us with a lot of options it's just a matter of can we find them and so by, re by me reading these journals all the time it at least allows me to have access to the newest information on what's going on and what what they're finding like for example I was just brought a new ingredient from the Amazon that's been growing there for thousands of years and it has a potent, very potent vasodilator naturally occurring on the level of synthetic nitrates and much, much stronger than like citrulline or right. agmatine or any of those things that are on the market. And so these, these are the type of things that I, I constantly try and look for when I'm looking for products because you know, everyone always wants what's that next yeah. thing. And so I don't know how many companies have someone like me um not maybe not educational wise but someone that can at least have access to the research and, and look for new things versus a lot of we talked about like copycat companies and yeah. a lot of those in the industry and so that that's uh, to answer your initial question that's another thing is that there's a lot of copycat companies so people change formulas to make sure nobody's copying the other. Right. That was actually one thing at a, from one of your podcasts that kind of blew my mind and never realized this, but that it's possible to patent and copyright the compounds that are in there. Yes. Like, so someone can literally just buy up a patent and say, no, you can't, you can't use this product at all and potentially screw over a lot of athletes and, and just any day person that could get a benefit out of like these certain things. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are I believe the vernacular is patent trolls. Yeah. And so these are people that will, they go online and look for expiring patents, whether they're medical, whether they're natural or whatever the case, they'll buy up a patent and then they'll hold on to it. And then if they see somebody using that ingredient, they send them a cease and desist saying, we own the patent, you can't use this. 
and that was a big headache when, when I was trying to formulate a hype extreme. Yeah. Someone who will remain nameless <laughs> had a patent and was trying to say that we couldn't use this ingredient and I had to, I formulated that product over five times before I figured out the product that it is now. Mm. And it's just, it's just frustrating. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with patenting an ingredient if you do the R&D. Um, there are plenty of patented ingredients that we use in products or that I use personally. It's just a matter of your business ethics. If you're buying a patent to just kind of screw over people and, and make a quick dollar, that that's kind of shady. But if you're patenting something that you've put, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in R&D and all this time and effort, then yeah, you deserve it because you, you cultivated this mm -hmm. this new product and that you're proud of and you've gone through. You know, clinical trials are very expensive. We're working on a clinical trial now for one of the for a new ingredient. And it'll it'll have like twenty four people, and we've already been quoted like two hundred grand. Yeah. So these these patented uh, ingredients cost a lot of money because someone takes the time to make sure that they work the way they're supposed to, and they do clinical research in humans, in healthy subjects, even in athletes. So uh, there's so many variables you can go into for a study to get a specific outcome uh, of the population of which you're looking, and so. Uh, I think that that's where the real value is versus the people that kind of just buy out patents and, and say like, no, you can't use this. You owe me money or I'm going to send you a cease and desist or sue you or something. Well, that's what happened with like with Tesla, right? He created all these crazy inventions and then he like the, the patents ended up being owned by, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody else. So he basically died broke, but he created some of the greatest inventions like known to man. Tesla is probably the most underrated scientist oh, ever. Hands down. And that's, I think part of it is that is because of the fact that he didn't get to keep his own patent. So other, other people took credit for his inventions. And there's so many things. My craziest thing is like he was supposed to have created the, uh, basically like the death ray or whatever it was. You ever heard that? <laughs> like the guy was a total genius. So it's like, if you actually look into a story, the guy was an absolute genius. Yeah, uh, Tesla was. Um, so I've, I have a physics background too, and one of my favorite classes was electromagnetism. And so we learned a lot of stuff that Tesla did once uh, you harvest the power of electricity and magnetism or electromagnetic waves and how they're related and stuff. So yeah, he had things that, that would change the world, but like you said, he kind of got screwed on the patents and then he, I believe he died alone. Yeah. he. And is under recognized as one of the greatest scientists of all time. Yeah, I think one of the things that people, I mean, totally off to the side, but one of the things that blows my mind the most, and it's, I think it's something really hard for people like to grasp, is the fact that he could literally create something in his head, test it out, find the flaws in it, go back, fix it, and basically have an entire thing built before it's actually physically built it would be built working operational in his head so when he went to go do it it was done it was already set to to go yeah he had an amazing understanding of the physics at the time and the way that if you make a magnetic field you create an electric field and if you move an electric field you create a magnetic field and so he would utilize this for a lot of different inventions that he had and he was smart enough to realize like, like you said in his head which even like br the most brilliant physicists still need to like 
have engineers help them build stuff. Yeah. We're talking about over a hundred years ago that he was doing this stuff, and he, he was absolutely brilliant. And even if you can understand the physics of it and the mathematics, the the building of it is 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 very complicated, and that's where you bring in an engineer friend or something. But he was able to do everything, and um, I'm obviously a huge fan of him. And we're talking about. Nikola Tesla, by the yeah, way. Not, Tesla, not, the cars. not Musk. Yeah, not Elon Musk. I'm not saying he's not... Uh, <laughs> oh, he's great, too. Yeah. But I, I imagine having uh, Tesla with uh, with some nootropics. <laughs> then we would have all been uh, in uh, flying cars by now, for sure. Yeah, if, if Tesla had some uh, modafinil or something like that, he would be flying by and, and would have changed the world even more. So that's the thing, like... Um, I think that's the one that's closest to the the limitless drug, and it became like the designer smart drug and stuff like that. Is the modafinil? So, like, kind of give me more of like an in depth look into that. Like, why is it something that's so just kind of almost like a, a well kept secret for like higher ups and uh, and and CEOs and stuff? So, initially, most things that were pharmaceutically made were amphetamine based and that would give you you know like Adderall and that would give you focus if you don't if you take it and don't need it if anyone's ever done that you you get extreme focus but you get anxiety you get the jitters you get all these side effects and so when they created modafinil this was a non-amphetamine based structure so the chemical structure is different but it, it still hits um, your D2 dopamine receptors, like your DAT, which is your dopamine active transport, and it still has some of the same properties of the amphetamine, but it's not an amphetamine, so it doesn't give you the negative side effects. And so this drug does work well, um, and it does give you like that extreme focus. There's, a, I believe, there's some chemistry. They're called enantiomers. And they're basically, if you look at your hands, mm -hmm. they're mirror images of each other, right? So they're not, that's called non-superimposable, so you can't put your hand on top of each other, but they're the same. The only difference is the way it's laid out in space. So in chemistry, the atoms, whether in 3D space, where they attach matters. And so they have a system called RNS, and the active one, I believe, is the R, of modafinil and then they made that into I think ProVigil mm -hmm. is the one that or New Vigil one of those is the active one and the uh, modafinil was in, initially made as a combination of those two which is called a racemic or racemic mixture meaning 50% of active and 50% of inactive mostly because when you when you synthesize these in a lab it's very hard to control the stereochemistry of just making one and it's even harder to separate the two once you have it so it's just cheaper right. to make them all um, as, as a racemic mixture but to to get back to the initial question I think it's just someone got hold of, of a script and they're like and passed it on and like this is really good you should yeah. buy this and, and now nootropics are crazy big with uh, CEOs so not even our world of training MMA fighters bodybuilders people who exercise now you're talking about like people that want to uh, have a 12-hour business day or a 15-hour business day to, are taking these things to be uh, smarter and make better decisions and, and they can go longer because of the way these work in the body like I said with increasing oxygen flow to your brain and uh, increasing you know 
all the different neurotransmitters like acetylcholine and things like that. So your synapses are working at a, are firing at a much higher rate than normal. And so you can think more clearly and you can even make like quicker decisions. And they do a lot of tests on these things in labs as far as memory and cognitive function. And you remember that game memory where you had the cards yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to pick the lion and you try to find out yeah. what the lion is. Those are some of the tests they do for these things and people are significantly better when they take these drugs or compounds, you know, like there were um, have talked about. So these have tons of data behind them and they, they work. If anyone's ever tried them, they know that. Oh, I mean, I, like I said, for me, it was, it was a night and day difference. Like this, the second that I started seeing actual physical results from my performance, as far as when I was taking like the alpha brain the first time around stuff, I went, it's like, half my paycheck I just stocked up I was like let's do this I'm like I'm living off of this stuff I don't care and then that's the other thing though I mean I think that's one of those things that is there something that people should really pay attention to I mean we talked about this a little bit as far as where you burn yourself out I mean just like a pre-workout you start just getting used to it and it doesn't have the same effect like is that something that that people will kind of put themselves at risk like these these CEOs that need to do those 12 15 hour days and they're just like screw it I'll just keep taking these so there's a, there's some arguments in science on whether adrenal fatigue is a real thing and from my perspective i do believe that you can have adrenal gland dysfunction and for your for those of you don't know your adrenal glands are what's responsible for your body adapting to stress and so if you're familiar with your fight or flight that most people yeah. learn that's your adrenal glands releasing norepinephrine and epinephrine which is adrenaline and that is causes your body to release fat for energy so you get that quick burst of energy and jitters and things like that. So every day, no matter what your days look like, your body does this daily for, for any type of stress, whether it's yeah. at home, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, it doesn't matter. You start adding stimulants and amphetamine-based things and all of these different compounds, you, you're, you're doubling the effect. So not only does your body have to adapt to its normal stress now you're taking compounds that do the same thing so your adrenal glands in my opinion can get fried yeah or oversaturated or uh dysfunction because that you keep you keep stimulating them to release all these hormones and that's when certain people can have a rebound effect or you can fry them out and so i actually have formulated a product not to you know drop products on <laughs> i i've been working hard on something to prevent uh, tolerance to stimulants and help with function like this because it's such an issue in my industry because people always take the pre-workout just burn themselves out right yeah. and so uh, one of the things people can do at home if they want is uh, magnesium is uh, you know a cheap supplement anyone can take magnesium can block some of the uh, the effects that happen when you take caffeine or when you take some of these stronger stimulants because basically your body, everything binds to a receptor. So you take caffeine, it binds to the adenosine receptor. And then from there, the adenosine receptor activates your N-methyl deaspartate receptor. And from there, that causes your body to release dopamine. And then dopamine is our body's reward system. So magnesium has been shown to inhibit the pathway that, by which caffeine is activating these different enzymes. And so they have used that in the treatment of people who have, you know, I don't want to say addiction issues, but uh, high tolerances to things like Adderall or things right. like these 
these really high stimulants or people that are addicted to caffeine or, or take large amounts of caffeine, um, time off is always the best. Of course. Because your body will naturally reset, but sometimes you do need things like magnesium and zinc that change the way your your receptors bind, or your um, these compounds bind to the receptors and change the outcome, excuse me, uh, the outcome of what these things do in the body. And so it's always good to, you know, take things into account as far as A, the dose you're doing. Like I said, always start off with a minimal dose, but also take into account that you need, you can't take something 24, seven, 365. Your body just will, sh- at one point will say no. Yeah. Not, and, and in your biochemistry kind of changes because every time you take something that's exogenous that your body doesn't naturally have, your body has a natural mechanism to break it down and dispose of it. And so the more you take of something, the more upregulation your body does of the enzyme that breaks it down. And so if you take a lot of caffeine, your body upregulates the enzymes that break down caffeine. And so you have to keep taking more and more because your body makes more of the enzyme that breaks it down. And so by taking time off and by taking things like magnesium and zinc and um, Korean ginseng, uh, things like that, you can help your body recover and kind of downregulate the expression of the enzymes that break these things down. So you said like the magnesium is is a good way to kind of mitigate the effects of like the caffeine burning you out. But if we're talking about something like the adrenaline that comes in, say like for like fighters or anybody that's competing where the big issue is always the adrenaline dump for the first couple of minutes. I mean, I've had it for, for jujitsu tournaments where that first round is always the worst because the adrenaline rushes, hits you. You literally feel your, your body's feeling you. You don't react quicker. Is that something that would kind of work on that as well? Or is that something that's really more for recovery? No, it's something that can help because adrenaline is released like I said from your adrenal glands in a res- causes your body to release adrenaline as a response to stress and so when you're in like say a fight in, a, in UFC or any type of MMA environment your body is releasing tons of this uh, adrenaline and norepinephrine because you're ready to fight yeah. really. and so you can take things like magnesium and that will prevent some of the buildup that you'll get as far as burning out, if that's what you mean. So yeah. I wouldn't say it's recovery. I think recovery is more time off when um, compounds that all activate your N-methyl-D-aspartate receptor, that seems to be, from my research, the hub by which all of these stimulants, including adrenaline and norepinephrine, act or, or stimulate, that, that receptor causes release of um, ions like calcium, magnesium, uh, sodium, potassium, these are ions, and they flow from one channel of your cell to another, and that stimulates a whole cascade of events. So if you can control the one event, then it could prevent, you know, several events down the line. The chain effect going exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, though. I'll have to, I'll have to try it out maybe next, uh, next tournament. Just take a couple of magnesium. Uh... Magnesium glycinate is the from the research I've seen, the one that's commonly used because it's a very bioavailable form of magnesium. If you go to a grocery store, a lot of the times they sell magnesium oxide, yeah. which is terrible bioavailability. Your body can't really use it. Really? Yeah, it's very insoluble. And so 
that's why I recommend something like magnesium glycinate because that one will actually get into your system and your body can use the magnesium. See, that kind of blows my mind then. Like that's something that's just out there. That's that anybody can, like you say, can pick up at the grocery store, but at the end of the day, it does nothing when you get a different derivative of it and then it's something that's super useful for you. Mm -hmm. So what's then the best way for someone to sit there and say like, oh, well, I need this. Or let's say like, how would I get that? Like that version of the magnesium. I mean, they sell it in stores that you definitely can get it online. It, um, it's just something you got to look for. You yeah. Know, Am Amazon is huge for carrying almost everything. Yeah. Sure, they sell it on Amazon. You just have to know these things. And unfortunately, there's a big lack of education in this industry and in your field. For sure, absolutely. Especially for, for jiu-jitsu fighters like that. There's so many people that... I mean, that I can tell you that just come in, oh, I just took a pre-workout. Like, why would you take a pre-workout? Like, do you know what we're about to do for the next two hours? So let me ask you this because I'm not super familiar with them. Do they have, do jiu-jitsu fighters have, you know, a nutritionist or a coach or is it just people that teach them how to train? I, the most part, like, honestly, as far as, like, if you're talking about the top tier, like, jiu-jitsu guys, there's not that much money in jiu-jitsu. But there are guys that make good money off of jiu-jitsu that do tournaments all over the world. I think the biggest thing that it comes down for 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 these guys, it's the nutrition as far as oh I gotta take fish oil stuff for my joints stuff for for you know just not even recovery as much as just basic supplements and then the rest is eating properly. So you see a lot of the guys are are very lean because they train so much um, and it's really cardio. And then they'll do the strength and conditioning, so they need the recovery aspect for that. So for the most part, it's always stuff like. You know, just protein, um, and they'll take uh, like BCAAs. That's really what gets pushed on the most. I don't think a lot of guys really look into the aspect like we talked about, where it's like the nootropics. How I've taken nootropics, you know, to go and train. Completely different, you know, uh, really training day for me because of how I'm using my brain and how much I'm paying attention. And then for the recovery, there's not that much. There's a couple of good companies that, that do have proteins and things like that. Um, one of my favorites, like ATH Organics, and their stuff, a majority of their ingredients are organic. Um, perfect for, for recovery stuff. And they're, they're whey protein, and they have like a hemp protein and stuff like that. That's really the extent of it, though. No one really gets into the, into the nitty-gritty of like, all right, I need something that will help me you know, have stamina to my muscle, to my workout. And obviously, like we talked about, like the pump for us is totally different. I can't have a pump because then that means I lose my grip. Yes. You know, I, the difference between doing sets, it's like I have to be able to go for five minutes, six minutes or whatever the, the set is. And then it can be something where it's, you know, kind of slow with bursts of speed for, for when we scramble or it could be a five minute nonstop scramble. Right. So instead of you know, a vasodilator that a bodybuilder uses, you would need something more like a bronchodilator so that it opens up your lungs. Mm. Way you have more uh, breathing capacity and the capacity to use oxygen better or things like that can uh, cause your body to utilize oxygen better. Um, we talked about, you know, right when I got in here, <laughs> we had some donuts and you're like, yeah. And he's like, aren't you on a ketogenic diet? And I said, I was up until recently. Cause until I threw donuts at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until I came down here actually for the weekend. So one of the good things about a ketogenic diet or even supplementing with uh, exogenous ketones is the fact that it, it helps with your mitochondria in the way that you use oxygen. And so you glucose or carbs 
you uh, use more oxygen to make ATP, which is our source of energy, versus um, fat oxidation, you use less oxygen. And so if you can use less oxygen for actually making energy, you have more oxygen to utilize you know, when you're training. And so this helps lower your body's VO2 max and so that you can uh, like train longer and not be winded very easily. And so I don't know how sustainable it is for a, a jiu-jitsu because I'm not familiar with the rule, like how long you go and, and what you're actually doing. I know you're tensing your whole body for basically, you know, five minutes. Well, it depends, you know, I mean, the, the, the key is like, you don't want to be tense the whole time. You want to be as relaxed as possible for as long as possible. And you only use the energy when you need to. It just sometimes it happens where you're rolling with someone where it becomes a battle and you know, you're just nonstop. Right. So if, if that is the case, then, you know, you want to have, reservoirs of oxygen you want to use it better and in your mitochondria to use um to break down fats for energy instead of utilizing carbs and that could be something that's beneficial or like i said using exogenous ketones which are you know just a uh the same form of ketones that your body naturally uses they're just made from in a supplement form and those have been shown to uh decrease the amount of oxygen consumption you have so you don't get winded and that so that's something that could be useful in, in that area i have to check it out then so if someone let's say outside of the donuts all right i get rid of the donuts and i want to i want to start a ketogenic diet what are the things that i would have to get let's say a grocery store list of things that i should get so for me uh whole eggs is number one i i think whole eggs have really good sources of fat they're easily digestible um i i usually eat whole eggs every day the, the, the main thing you want from a ketogenic diet is you want your body has to be getting fat and what's the, f the fail of most people when they try and do this is they're not eating enough fat. It's very counterintuitive because yeah. you're caught. Don't eat fat. Right. Bacon is bad or red meat is bad or whatever the case. And so you actually want to eat more fats in order to create these ketones that your body uses for energy because you're not running on glucose anymore. You'll be running on these ketones. And some of your cells... Uh, like your heart cells and, and some parts of your brain and other muscle tissue work better uh, with ketones as an energy source versus glucose as an energy source. So there's plenty of data on that. And so if you're going to the grocery store, I would say whole eggs is something. Uh, I personally use cheese and I put butter on everything. I usually get like a like Kerrygold, like grass-fed butter. And adding butter to something is a great way to get fats in when you need them. Because a, a true ketogenic diet, 70% of your calories are coming from fat. Wow. And then 20 to 25% are coming from protein, and then five or less is coming from carbohydrates. So people don't really understand how much fat it really is that you're taking. Most, most of the foods that I eat when I follow that diet are very high in fat and very low in protein and, and you know essentially zero carbs. Most of my carbs will come from nuts or uh, a fibrous source if I'm eating something like vegetables that have a little bit of carbs. But for the most part, um, I eat some cheeses, I eat eggs, I eat some red meat. Uh, I do like bacon. Some people, depending who you talk to, say that they stay away from you know bacon and sausage and the, the fattier pork stuff. I haven't noticed a difference really. The one thing I will say is you do 
want to look out for you know the preservative aspect of course like that like processed meat but they do make organic stuff or things without nitrates and things without all the preservatives so you have options and like a typical meal for me or for breakfast is uh five to six whole eggs a slice of like cheese american cheese and two strips of bacon so that's that covers my protein and that covers my fats and then i cooked in butter so i get the extra fats from that and when you do a ketogenic diet you're satiated much longer so i usually only eat three times a day maybe four so it works better for someone with a busy schedule rather than the typical eating every two hour bodybuilder mentality so eating six or seven yeah. meals uh, ketogenic diet it works much differently and and that's just for performance. I mean, the health benefits are completely different. Yeah, but is that something that I'd say because of, um, say, like someone has to weight cut, is that something where it's more difficult to be on a ketogenic diet and lean out, or is it something that benefits it? So if you're in a true state of ketosis, you usually are running on fats for energy, and so you're, you, you will be leaner, or hopefully you will be leaner, and you shouldn't have a lot of stored fat because your body will start to break it down for energy. Uh, with with making weight um, versus if you have carbohydrates, I know carbohydrates store a lot of water, and so the first thing fighters probably do is drop carbs to drop yeah. the water. And so if you're in a state of ketosis, you really don't have that water that um, that you would have with carbohydrates, and which is why bodybuilders probably don't like it because you can't get a pump yeah if you uh one of the things with a ketogenic diet is it's very very hard to get a pump because you don't have any glycogen and so that could be beneficial for someone like you because you said you don't want getting pumped because it, it negatively affects what you're trying to do yeah i only i only need to get pumped when i have to go to the beach and then look like i actually work out or something so that that's the time you carve out right before you go to the beach yeah just see that's the tough part like I'm Italian, so I grew up on as many carbs as you could possibly get. Like, oh, you're you're eating here. Have some pasta. Have some bread. Has this, that, and the other. So it's, it's, it took me probably a good year to get rid of pasta without feeling like a crackhead in withdrawal. Because it's like, oh, you know what? It's so easy to make. It's good. You throw in like tomato sauce. It's awesome. And then this was years ago. I started taking it out. Taking it out. It's like, all right. You, I definitely feel better. But I mean, of course. You know the donuts here and there and stuff like that that def definitely throws it off but I think it's something that is has become more and more prevalent as far as I wouldn't say it's like the fad diet just yet but I definitely feel like it's getting there and I think it people are having a difficult time getting a true answer on what a true ketogenic diet is I mean you have more and more supplement companies are throwing like uh, like keto like proteins and stuff like that to throw in shakes and things like that is there something like do you have something up on your I know you had the the podcast mm -hmm. where you talked about a ketogenic diet that was pretty good um, is there something that you would kind of forward people off to like read um, a lot of stuff online you know it's hit or miss there's a, a scientist named dr. Dom Diagostino from USF he is probably the leader forefront of ketogenic dieting with regards to not only um, fitness in that aspect, but also the, the health benefits and and uh, cancer. He's, a, he's big on using the ketones to fight cancer. Initially, his research was actually for the DOD 
funding for um, Navy SEALs that are to dive at deep le uh, deep levels of water that were deprived of oxygen and you would go into seizures. And so these exogenous ketones, because you use less oxygen, prevented these divers from going into seizures. That oh, wow. was initially how his research started, but he's one of the guys that's on the forefront. Um, Sean Wells is another guy that's on the forefront of ketogenic dieting and, and the science behind it. Um, if you Tim Tim Harris or Tim Ferris Tim Ferris Tim yeah. Ferris has had both of those guys on many times. So if you want to go to another podcast, Tim Ferris, if he has Sean Wells or Dom Diagostino, would be a great way to learn some of the what's a true ketogenic diet, how do you get on one, stuff like that. What's the trend? Um, but like you said, it is kind of a it is almost a fad right now. Yeah. If you look at my industry, people are coming out with you know these exogenous ketone products, which I do believe have a benefit. But the way they're being marketed is incorrectly. People are thinking they can go right into ketosis by taking this and still eat yeah. carbs, and that's not the case. I think that they help. Um, they're a quick source of energy. Um, if many people have taken MCT oil before, very similar MCTs will convert to ketones in the body. So you get this quick source of energy that can't be stored as fat. And so if you take that when you are following a lower carb diet, I think it will help transition you and it has been shown to have mental clarity and because when you go into ketosis initially uh, when you're starting the diet you're going from using glucose to ketones you go through this period where people call it brain fog I guess yeah and so your brain is trying to figure out am I running on carbs or am I running on ketones and so by supplementing with these exogenous ketones that will definitely help your brain because it will start running on ketones and that should transition you better because you know, a lot of people give up because they're like, you feel like crap for yeah. know, 10 days or five days or whatever it is. If you use these supplements, they will help mitigate the, that feeling and, and you'll feel better and you'll be able to focus. So that way you, you can concentrate on getting yourself into ketosis and stuff like that. So I don't think they don't put you into ketosis. That's not the case, but they have a, a purpose and they have a place in supplementation, especially if you're on a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet. Yeah. So... That'll just, that's just a whole world of, of different information. I think we're winding now too. I know we gotta get going in a little bit, but I wanna kinda go off on a couple of questions for you real quick. For nootropics, if someone wanted to test out some nootropics trial, do you have any companies that you'd wanna try out or suggest to people to try out? I used to go to a site called Powder City. Uh, they just went out of business. They were someone that sold raw powder, so you can try. Uh, there's a company called Nootropic Source, that has a bunch of different um, nootropics out there that you can get. Like we talked about alpha GPC, CV choline. They also have some of the racetams like phenylparacetam and oxyracetam. Uh, there's a company called NewMind. NewMind.com has those as well. So those are some of the sources that tell just the plain powder. So that way you can kind of figure out which ones work for you. Um, that's who I would I would go with some of those because like I said, Powder City was the one I used to go to, but they're they're gone. Yeah. Um, now, as far as people want to follow you on social media, Gorilla Chemist for for Instagram, right? Well, yeah, uh, at the Gorilla Chemist, uh, G E sorry G U E R I L L A C H E M I S T. Gorilla like uh, Gorilla Warfare. Yeah. So definitely follow on Instagram. 
uh, followed the YouTube channel too because you definitely put out videos pretty consistently with the Blackstone stuff. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, you guys have you have so many crazy, just out there um, supplements at work. And people just want that good quality level stuff. I mean, you've definitely put in the work, like science wise. Um, I know that I got to test it out, and it kind of just blew my mind. So, um, Brian, thank you very much for being on here. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. I know you. We got to get your workout in. It's my pleasure. I mean, uh, I'm just lucky to be here, and we just, I happen to be at Flex's gym, so of course I would love to train at his facility. Um, not at the expense of your podcast. Obviously. No, no worries. No worries. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for everything, facilitating, meeting Neil the other day. Uh, no worries. Um, you know, we have kind of this, you guys have this tight click, and I'm just lucky to be even friends with all you guys. To be uh, I, I feel the same way, man. Every, every day is like meeting somebody new. It's just, for me, it's, you know, like picking your brain. Like I hate texting like randomly, but like whenever I get a question, like damn, I gotta ask Brian this question. Just so for me, like I'm just super humbled at the fact that I get to be surrounded by so many people that are experts in their field, and that's like my biggest thing is that you're definitely the the result of the people you surround yourself with. You know, and for me, it's just. The other part is like you never want to be the smartest guy in the room, and so I know whenever I come in here, especially if you're around, I'm like I know I'm not the smartest guy in the room, so I just keep my mouth shut, ask questions when I can. So uh, hopefully we can get you back here pretty soon. I know I'll be out in uh, in Texas in a, in about a month or so. Um, I think we have like a, a Houston show or something like that. So hopefully we run into each other. Will you be at the Dallas Europa in June? I don't know. I don't know if I am or not. I just. I find this stuff out like two days ahead yeah, of time. I'm yeah. I'm the vagabond in here. To uh, just really quickly to comment on what you're saying, um, the reason why I, I do what I do is because of the fact there is so much bad information. So when you text me or ask me questions, the fact that you trust me and and come to me about it is humbling and and enough for me to answer your text. I don't. I'm not burdened when people ask me questions. I'm very flattered when people ask me questions because that means they consider me as a reliable source of information, which is really absolutely. What, that was my whole goal with even going on social media. Uh, to be honest, I don't like social media at all. <laughs> that's why if you go on my page, there's, there's not pictures of me. It's all just yeah. information. And so the fact that you or anyone can just ask me questions and trust that I can that I know what I'm talking about is is really what it's all about. No, I definitely uh, I feel you're you're at the forefront of a uh, of a an industry that definitely prefers to stay in like a, in a shady uh, aspect of it, and you're willing to put the information out there. I think it's something that uh, that you you and and the work that you do should definitely be commended for. So be sure you guys follow Brian uh, Gorilla Chemist. I'll put in uh, the link and I'll, and I'll throw in a more detailed information after the podcast. So you guys have all the info. Um, Brian, thanks again for coming, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, I'll get your workout and hopefully we can do this again, uh, soon because I know I'll have more questions once I listen to this podcast again. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, thank you again to the Gorilla Chemist for taking the time out to come on to the podcast and answer all my dumb questions. Um, you know, I plan on having him back. He's extremely knowledgeable on so many things in regarding 
to fitness, nutrition, supplements, and all sorts of other stuff. I could sit there and talk to him for, for hours and hours just picking his brain. So please take the time to follow the Gorilla Chemist on Instagram and on YouTube. Um, as we stated, he puts up tons of content for free for you guys to check it out. So thank you again, uh, Gorilla Chemist. Thank you for uh, Blackstone Labs for allowing him to come on the podcast. Be sure to check them out. They are not a sponsor on the podcast, but I'm more than happy to uh, to give them a shout out for all the stuff that they do. So please follow Brian and Blackstone Labs on social media. As always, please take the time to share this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Jujitsu Radio. And be sure to tune in to the Spotify playlist for your music for drilling and training purposes. If you have any recommendations on music, please feel free to send them my way. I will do my best to get them onto the playlist. Guys, thank you again for tuning in. Please share it with your friends, and I'll see you next time.